is humans. Happy, sad, confused begins now. Today on Happy, Sad, Confused, Jai Courtney on his new Netflix series, Stateless, and his comfort movie, Casino. Hey guys, I'm Josh Horowitz. Welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused, returning champion Jai Courtney back in the metaphorical Happy, Sad, Confused podcast house this week, uh, talking about a bunch of things, including a new Netflix show, as I mentioned, opposite uh, no less than Kate Blanchett. Sammy, you're a Kate Blanchett fan. When I think Kate Blanchett's super fans, I think of Sammy Heller. It's not out of the realm of possibilities. Well, do you, you think like, they you, talked you, about you? You like your Aussies. We know that. I do. I um, really do. I, I, I do not believe they've talked about me. But then again, I don't know if Jai, I think he's friendly with Kate, but I don't think they're like, you know, playing Settlers of Catan every week. Just... <laughs> You know why Does, I said that, by the way? Do you know why I said so? Like, why I can't? I'm, it just threw me. I forgot what I was about to say. Because... Can you figure out why I would have said that? No. My laptop is sitting on a Settlers of Catan <laughs> game so that I can, like, lift it up a little bit. I don't think I've ever played it. It's, like, why do you have, you spent money on that? Yeah, it seemed like a good idea. All the kids were playing it, all the nerdy mm-hmm. kids like me. It just never happened. Yeah. Hasn't happened yet. Wow. You're... <laughs> I, you're just full of surprises. I am, including I just dropped a bombshell on Sammy right before we stopped, yes. started today. I, guys, guys of the podcast world, I got my COVID test. I went in. I did it. So here's the thing. Yeah. I think this probably isn't a surprise to anyone listening, but you are one of the bigger... Um, I'm so curious what the next words like, out of your mouth are going to be. Uh, hmm? Babies, hypochondriacs, wow. someone who is obsessed with and deeply fears uh the doctor any health situations whatsoever so um i've heard i haven't gotten tested yet uh Mm -hmm. i'd like to i've heard it isn't completely comfortable so wondering someone like you who's in constant deep fear of pain fear of pain yeah. How how'd this go for you? Well, uh, excellent points, all of which, none of which I can exactly refute. I am a general um, fearful person. I do not enjoy pain. I live in fear of it. I try to avoid it at all costs. Um, I I went to get my test not out of fear of me actually having it. I have no symptoms, nothing like that. It was abundance of caution. We're going to visit some family. We just want to kind of be like super super careful about it all. And yeah, I had some concerns. I'd read up on it. I'd heard from people that had had it, and it sounds like it's very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Let me assuage some fears because as I, as you said, I'm a super fearful person, and I don't enjoy physical discomfort. It's uncomfortable. Like I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's not fun. It's over so quick. It honestly was, uh, they, so I went with my wife, with Jenny. Uh, Who is it, like a, a, just a pillar of strength. Pillar of strength. Not a yes. big fan of physical pain either, but is, uh, keeps, a, uh, keeps a stiff upper, upper lip more than I do. I mean, someone um, has to. Exactly. Someone in the family has to. Yeah. So um, as you guys probably know, it's basically a swab test. They put it up your nose. Um, they equate it to like when uh, water goes up your nose and you're like in a chlorine pool. And that, that do you is know how sim- to swim? I sink right to the bottom. I'm too heavy. Yes, I'm going to swim. Um, uh, so, yeah, so it basically it was five seconds. They counted down. They're like, hey, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be over soon. 
you'll handle it, it'll be fine. Five seconds, one, two, three, four, five. They did both nostrils for me. I found out later, Jenny only got one nostril, so I'm a little bit angry about that part of it. You're like, this guy's such an asshole. Let's just, let's yeah. just get him. Now that I think about it, when they did the second one, they whispered in my ear, this one's for me. Um, <laughs> so it, it, honestly, it's not that bad, guys. If you have, uh, everybody should get tested, needless to say, if you've been reading up on all this, like, and get tested, like, you know, I'm not gonna get tested every week, but certainly I'm gonna get tested again when, when, the, when the timing warrants it. Um, it's easy, it's free here in New York City. It was two blocks from my house. There was no wait. Um, and it was uh, an important thing to do. So I, I would highly recommend it for anybody and everybody out there. I also got my antibody test, the yeah. blood test. Also don't enjoy getting blood taken, but I survived that too. Which one was harder for you? Um, I think I was more... The unknown is the, mm-hmm. the scary thing, right? You know, you, you know what it's like to get your blood drawn. I know it's not going to be fun, but I'll be able to handle it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was honestly a very big relief. Um, I haven't gotten any tests back yet. I oh. again, not worried, but uh, you know, it'd be nice to get them back, and I'll be curious to see if I have the antibodies. Not that it's going to really change my life either way. Um, so yeah, Good for you. Did you? Yeah, did no. Jenny take you for like a special treat after? You left the doctor's office to get like got a donut it. or something for being that's, good. That's, that's just called a Thursday around here. <laughs> yeah. um, we didn't get a treat that day, but I now that I think about it, I'm going to cash in uh, my my treat voucher very soon. Good. Um, so yeah, so that was a big adventure this week. Um, but yeah, in terms of more lighter fare, um, you know been busy with with the podcast with Stir Crazy. We have a new episode on the Comedy Central Stir Crazy show this week with Nicole Byer. Nicole, I'm yes, sure, Sammy, right? she's wonderful. Very funny, very funny. She's got a new yeah, book she out. Does. We used to play with her doing some uh, movie award sketches. That's right. We did were, with her. Yeah, yeah we, we did that stuff together, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, she's always uh, hysterical and yeah. um, was uh, a delight to talk to. So that episode uh, should be up by the time you guys listen to this. Look for that on Comedy Central's YouTube page and Facebook page. The Will Ferrell episode last week has done really well. Excited uh, to see people have been enjoying that one. Um, what a I've treat been, that was. Well, he's a delight. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just been catching up on a lot of things. Like, you know, you know what I've watched? Have you watched this? Have you watched the. I I don't Pamela, know. The Pamela Adlon show, Better Things? P- I have been hearing so you much. Watch you should You would like okay. it, I think. Um, All right. Uh, we watched the whole thing. Jenny's a big, big fan of it. She kind of like had gone halfway through it, and then we decided to start from scratch with me watching it for the first time. And oh, it's I'll great. hop in. Did Pamela? you tell um, – yeah. sorry, just to backtrack a little yeah. bit. Did you tell Will Ferrell about the time that you were on a plane with him and he was a couple rows in front of you and you kept um, walking to the bathroom to see if he would say hi to you? Okay. That's – first of all, that's not entirely factual. It, it was like one time that I strategically, yes, went to the bathroom <laughs> when I realized that he uh, might be looking up. And you know what? It fucking worked. We had a lovely moment, and he was on my show. So it all worked out, Sammy. Okay, but did you tell him? No. Okay. <laughs> I didn't okay. say, by the way, when I saw you a couple months back, that wasn't just a your, coincidence. I saw your hair sticking up from the chair. And... You cannot ruin the friendship, but the, the bond that will stick to the day I die with Will Ferrell. As tr- okay. Try as you might. <laughs> Don't challenge me. <laughs> God. Uh, speaking of bonds, I, yes. have a weir- I have a weird one. Always have had a, w- a weird one with uh, Jai Courtney, one of my um, my burly strongmen that takes to mm-hmm. me for some reason. He's uh, he's like the dutiest dude on the planet. 
um, and I am not, and yet somehow we meet somewhere in the middle. Um, he's great. I've always enjoyed talking to Jai. Uh, I think I met him for the first time on the set of Divergent. He scared the shit out of me. He's a big dude, a scary dude, but he's he's just also has a great sense of humor and is kind of like wild in a fun way. Um, he's since you know appeared in things like Jack Reacher, the Terminator movie, uh, Suicide Squad. He's going to be in the next Suicide Squad movie, Ooh. which we yes we do talk about. James Gunn has taken over the Suicide Squad duties, and um, I'm very excited about that. And uh, and Jai had had a bunch to say about that. So that I know comic book movie fans will be interested to hear. And we also talk a little bit about Stateless. As I said, this new show on Netflix with uh, Kate Blanchett, Ivan Strahovski. That's uh, currently on Netflix. And it's a, a pretty serious, weighty tale uh, inspired by true events about the immigration and, and detention program in Australia. Um, and then we also we dove in for his comfort movie into an epic crime tale that I had not seen in a number of years. It had been on my list for a while, and finally I, I had a good excuse to revisit it. We talked about Martin Scorsese's Casino. Now, Sammy, uh, tell me. Tell me you've seen Casino. Of course you have, right? We all have. No, no. No? No? I haven't. Oh, what? But I, as I told you, I almost watched it last night. Oh, I didn't realize when you were saying that, that was for the first time. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so you need well, to get with the program. Well, I did Goodfellas okay. for the first time a couple months ago. Okay, okay. So, so then seen... this has been one that's like, oh, I have to do this too, and then yeah. I get, you know, distracted. I understand. Well, um, these are confusing times. Look, but it, it is currently available, by the way, on Hulu, if you subscribe to that for free. Um, it is can I have your login? No, I'm already sharing it with my sister. I, I, that could explode. I don't know. It's self-destructed at any moment. Um, I have one. I just want yours. <laughs> makes sense. You don't want to see my algorithm, see what I've been watching in there. Yeah, exactly. um, Casino, for those that don't know, as I said, it's from Scorsese. It reteams many of the principals from Goodfellas, Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci, in addition to having a, a really great performance from Sharon Stone. Uh, the toxic man that is James Woods, sadly now, but was and is a good actor. <laughs> He's excellent in the movie. Yeah, yeah I know. Um, and also inspired by some true tales of uh, of Las Vegas lore, um, it tells the story of Ace Rothstein, that's De Niro's character, and um, how he kind of comes to Las Vegas and manages the fictional Tangiers Casino. Um, it's a big movie. It's also kind of like, a, a while it's a big crime movie, it's really a relationship story. It's about like a, a really fucked up relationship between um, De Niro and Sharon Stone's characters. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, it was great to revisit. It was great to revisit with Jai. Um, he has a lot of adoration for it. And uh, like I said, this was a good excuse to dive into a uh, an all-time classic. I don't think it got its due when it came out because it was kind of immediately in the shadow of Goodfellas, mm. but the years have been kind to Casino. It's been 25 years since it came out, and now I think people, many people will even prefer it to, to, uh, to Goodfellas um, and, and don't at least lump it in with Goodfellas as the same thing because it, while it has some su superficial um, comparisons, uh, it is its own thing. So um, maybe, maybe watch Casino okay. before listening to the rest of this podcast. Not that you ever do listen to the rest of the podcast. Sammy. No, I like Jai's voice. I like it. I'll, yeah, I'll dabble in this one. Oh, gee, thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when okay. you can't get the co-host of the intros to actually listen to the podcast. <laughs> you know, I you're do. Just, yeah, okay. I do, and I tell you I don't, because 
I love your reaction to it. Yeah, you like seeing me uh, miserable. Yeah. Um, well, these must be glorious months for you. <laughs> <laughs> this has been the best time of my life. <laughs> um, let's go to the main event. Uh, Jai Courtney, as I said, check out Stateless. It's on Netflix right now. Him and Kate Blanchett and a host of great actors. And uh, enjoy this chat with Jai about all, all the things he's got going on, including the Suicide Squad movie coming soon um, and this uh, Stone Cold film classic that is Casino. Here's me and John. Why look? It's a familiar face that the audience can't see because this is not on video for you guys. But I can see. Oh, they don't get. They don't get to do this. Uh, They don't get to see the stash. They don't get to see the beautiful face of Jai Court. Oh, get the hair is going crazy. Wow, this was all for the fans. I'm I'm disappointed they're missing out. But uh... You, you grew this all out just today for them. Just for you and them, yeah. <laughs> um, it's good to see you, buddy. You're one of my favorite uh, crazy people to talk to, always. Even and it's appropriate in these crazy times that we have a crazy conversation. Thank you so much. Thanks. For um, um, so how, how you been? We were just exchanging some pleasantries, but um, have you settled into kind of a weird normal right now? What's, yeah. your, what's your life like right now? I mean, obviously, everyone's been having a crazy old year. Uh, I've been good. It's you know when the whole kind of COVID stuff came crashing in a few months back. It was actually, uh, it was a pretty easy adjustment um, as I'm sure any actor who can relate to, you know, periods of unemployment uh, would will attest. It was just kind of like uh, that, you know, and I mean, look, fortunately I got a roof over my head and stuff. So without kind of being ignorant to how um, in need some folks were, it was, it was all good for a while, but uh, yeah, definitely losing my mind now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because as you said, yeah, the nature of acting is like it's gig to gig, and then there's some downtime in between. But now, probably the internal clock is like, totally. like wait, I should actually be going to the next job. Now. <laughs> oh, you've totally lost sense of your purpose in life, and uh, you know, I don't even know what I'm put here to do anymore. So, <laughs> who knows, man? We'll see. You're here to entertain me. Um, yeah, uh, have you? Uh, you haven't let your body go. I'm sad. I was hoping there would be like a hundred more pounds of Jai Courtney, like triple, <laughs> triple chins. I wanted to Sometimes see it. Different... There is. Listen, I don't always let people see it, but I, I really know how to do nothing. Believe me. But um, <laughs> I kind of made a decision. You know, I was. I, it was early on, and I remember like chatting to people when it was like really, really kind of new to everyone, and. You know, there's those buddies who are like, no, well, you know, I'm just drinking wine every night and like getting after it because there's nothing to do. And I knew I would, uh, I'd, ha- I'd wind myself up in the pits of hell if I, if I didn't find, sort of maintain a steady routine. So I have been trying to look after myself uh, as best I can to cope with the, uh, you know, the stillness. Yeah, man, because we don't know how, how long this is lasting. It's like it's a fun idea at first to be like, yeah, okay, I'm going to drink every day. But I don't usually totally. do that, and that's fine for a month. But like, if we're talking six months or a year, like this is going to, it's not good. No, I know. It's kind of like, and I guess I've like one of my coping mechanisms has not been to try and analyze too much uh, the likelihood of any of that changing. And I, I you know. Is the gravity of it sucks because you, if you sort of bury into that, it's like, man, I don't yeah, know. That's, it's, that's, it's that's the mind about how tough it's been on some people, and 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 you know, without a kind of solid prospect to getting out of here, it's kind of you know, that's totally fucked. But um, yeah, I don't know. I've just kind of had to find peace in the unknown and take it as it comes, and yeah. you know, yeah. 
cool. I'm glad I'm giving you a little purpose today in, in spreading the good word of Statelish, which, <laughs> yeah, <I do. laughs> which, which is uh, the new, uh, I think, six parts, right, on, on Netflix. Yeah. I, watched, I watched the first two, exceptional work as always. You, Ivan Trahovsky, Kate Blanchett. It's a great ensemble. Yeah. yeah, pretty good stuff. So we'll, we'll get to that in, in a little bit, but I do want to talk to you a little bit about uh, comfort movies because that's what we've been doing on Happy Sack and Fuse since this madness began because we're all looking for a little escape, a little comfort. And I right. asked you for for a nomination. You sent over a few. I selected one that I hadn't seen in a while, but I'd been needing to catch up on. Um, why don't you uh, Why don't you do the, uh, the do the honors? What's your comfort uh, my movie? comfort movie? Uh, uh, is Casino Martin Scorsese, uh, one of my all time favorite films, and I selected that one because. I don't know. I, movies are one of those funny things. When I, I'm not, I've never considered myself like a film buff. Uh, I'm not, you know, I'm really not. Um, but it's kind of like one of those things where you get hit with a question like that. And I mean, I think it even took me a couple of days to respond because uh, I was just like, oh, fuck, I don't know what my, what's my, comp-, I, you know. And the weirdest shit always comes to mind. Like if you ask me the film I think I've seen the most in life, um, believe it or not, it would be, my instinct is to say that it's a league of their own uh, because I was like, had that jammed in my face a million times as a kid by my older sister. Cause it was like something we had on VHS. Um, but certainly in my teens and my adulthood, the film that if I think about something that is either always, if I always sit and watch, if I catch it on or um, I'm kind of always happy to revisit uh, if someone hasn't seen it's it's casino um, yeah. so definitely uh, definitely one of my faves it's interesting it's been interesting for me because I have the same thing it's like somebody asked me you know your favorite movie or favorite comfort movie and it's been fascinating as I've asked the actors that have come on this and filmmakers to see what they respond with because some people go to like you know et or hook and then like your buddy kate blanchett chose um a chinese film long day's journey into night this oh, like really like sophisticated and it's a great <laughs> movie but it's like all right kate i get yeah, it yeah, on, kate. right okay we get it <laughs> um but it is telling i mean like look casino is undeniably an amazing movie I don't necessarily think of it as a comfort movie. This is a three-hour, like, you know, really um, uh, dramatic, violent meditation on 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 shitty relationships mm-hmm. and gambling and corruption. So, what when that pops pops up on TV? Is it just like it hit you at the right time and it reminds you of that time, or what is it about it that makes no, you feel comfortable? I think it's like I don't know. My my, uh, if I think about sort of any influence um, in that department, I guess like the strongest one always came around like mob films. My dad was kind of always into that stuff. And so I think probably I like started watching those kind of things like Goodfellas and uh, even the Godfather and stuff at that sort of tween age where, you know, characters that uh, swore a lot and smoked and like, you know, beat guys up and were kind of, that was all very like sexy and romantic to me. Um, So I don't know, that's just stuck with me. And, uh, and, I don't know. I just kind of always like loved those figures and like, they're so theatrical, um, but there's always so much truth. And obviously like through those movies, you know, we know the, the amazing actors that we kind of continue to see, um, you know, portray those roles. And, and they've certainly been like some of the guys I've looked up to um, the most and, and just, you know, admire their work. And yeah. and yeah, so I think it's just the world, it's the world and, and, you know, uh, 
everything, man, the costumes, the characters, how flawed everybody is. There's yeah. sort of such tragedy in it all, which I find amusing. Um, yeah, they're all and, a bunch of degenerates. Uh, it's just like, it's like half a dozen degenerates in different ways. <laughs> like, no one's really, and they're all likable because they're funny. It's like, the Scorsese, I think, is underrated as like a comic director. Like, a lot of his films are actually very funny. Goodfellas is a very funny movie. Oh, hilarious. Wolf of Wall Street is just as funny as it is dramatic, if not more so. Um, but yeah, let me give a little context for folks that maybe haven't seen it in a while or, or have never seen it, God forbid. Uh, came out November 22nd, 1995, so celebrating its 25th anniversary this year. Uh, it, it reteamed like much of the Goodfellas gang five years later. So, of course, it's written by Nick Pileggi, who wrote um, Goodfellas, Scorsese directs, you have De Niro, you have Pesci. Um, and of course, now in recent, it's kind of interesting in recent years. Now we have the Irishman, it's, and, and has like this. We have this triptych, this kind of three phases of their lives um, uh, a, a circu- uh, around mafia um, stories uh, to look at, um, and they're all amazing films in, in retrospect. Um, so, th- th- I mean, I haven't seen it in, in a while. I haven't. I, I've been meaning to check it out. So I appreciate the excuse to to, to check it out again. It's there's a lot to talk about. What one thing. I think Sharon Stone is something interesting to talk about because you, you take De Niro for granted and Pesci. Sharon Stone's had an interesting career. I mean, like it's kind of been up and down and Basic Instinct kind of made her. And then a few years later, this was a very highly sought after role. And she's kind of like the linchpin of the film in a way. It's all about the relationship between De Niro's character and Sharon Stone's character. Yeah. Um, she's all the fire in it all, you know? And right. she's the thing that like gets in between them you know, Nikki and, uh, and, and, and Sam and, um, she's like the reason, you know, it's, uh, she's amazing in it. It's also like, it it struck me in watching it. You know, here's my, here's a movie that I I, I was reminded of it. This is a bizarre thing to mention, but when I was watching it, I'm like, this reminds me of marriage story. (laughs) The reason no bound back movie, because this is like basically a tale of a shitty relationship, a relationship that that was never supposed to work. And like Sam should have like, seen the signs right from the, the, the I mean game he though. knew it though it's like there's that admission of it there's that scene where uh we, they're like getting together and he wants to get married and she's like knows that she'll you know she'll never be like the wife that he wants and he's like you know what is it there's something about being in love and right. like I, well what is it love is a it's a <laughs> respect it's a it's a mutual respect I feel like we could, if after, you know, in enough time, you could find that respect to, you know, there's a tragic, like, he can't help himself. You can't see it. It was, yeah. you know, she was never going to hold up that end of the bargain for him. I mean, literally the day of the wedding, she's like on the phone sobbing to the James Woods character. Yeah. It's like, dude, take a, He's take great. a hit. He's one of my favorite characters in the whole film. He's great in it. He's amazing. He's so gross. Um, it's and I think you're right. I think one of the things I love about it is, and often Scorsese does this, is it's kind of like a peek at a secret world, like a world that like we we kind of see the front of, and it's kind of embodied by one of those famous like Scorsese tracking shots where like they go into so, the back and see where the money goes and follow. Oh yeah, that shot into the count room, so awesome. Uh, he does them so. There's so much great cinematography in it as well. All those like sweeping like. They're on the long lens, but you're punched in on people's reactions or, like, shooting around the table at the yep. craps table or whatever, and it's just, like, super deep. Um, yeah, a lot of energy in, in the direction the cinematography by Robert Richardson, who's one of the, the best DPs out there, and it's just um, a frenetic... Even though it's three hours, it has so much energy from start to finish. Totally. Um, let's talk about Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci, like... I mean, look, you played some tough guys. 
Um, Joe Pesci, like, is not, like, the typical, like, build of a tough guy yet. Like, there's nobody more intimidating. The ultimate tough guy, though, isn't he? Right? You know? what, is, what does he bring? What is unique about Pesci as an actor, actor to actor, watching what he brings? What do you love about no, he's Joe Pesci? Got that, he's got that kind of, he, he's like all, he's all bite, you know? He's kind of backs up all of his bark. He's got that little dog thing, but he's, like, ferocious, you know? You don't want to get in his way. He just, like, does, handles those characters so well, too that are just like total sparks, turn on a dime, yeah. you know, stab a guy in the aorta with a <laughs> fucking pen in a bar. Like, you yeah, know? it's the unpredictability. And he, there's something about the way he like kicks somebody or hits somebody. It's like yeah. so like, it's so um, feral and just like... Feral. It's feral. It's such, it's such a cool thing too, because he's not, I guess that archetype, I don't know, is like a tough guy. He doesn't, he... he I don't know. He kind of reshapes it. You don't need to be big or like kind of imposing from a, you know, right. as far as your stature is concerned, concerned to sort of carry that um, energy about you. I think he does it remarkably well. I, w- I went to the, um, like the New York Film Festival premiered Irishman last year and they had a press conference afterwards. And it's like that cast is on stage, right? It's like the most intimidating uh, group of actors. Yeah. And I swear to you, the most intimidating guy in that room the one who scared the shit out of me, and I think everybody in that audience was Joe Pesci. Yeah, yeah like De Niro, forget it. It doesn't matter. Pacino, no. Pesci has something about him that's like, don't fuck with this okay. guy in real life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> amazing. Um, other stuff. Right, you see him back. Yeah. You know, it's been so long too. That too. Awesome to see him, Mike. Yeah, doing it again, doing what we love about him so much. I love all the um, like the small supporting roles in Casino, like Don Rickles. Alan yeah. King, all these kind of like Vegas um, legends that kind right. of add to the texture and make it feel like uh, a, a fully realized world. Yeah. I think um, it's funny too. I don't know, you know, it's like that's not a world. I don't even like Vegas that much, but <laughs> it's fully, uh, I don't know, you're swept away in it and it, it, he just like has nailed it so authentically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, the, um, you know, there's so many movies that, that rely on narration. They're so clever in the narration because it's like they use multiple narrators. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite moments is, and again, I hadn't seen this in years. I don't know if you remember this. You hear the Pesci narration at the very end when he's about to get killed, and literally right. it's interrupted by somebody hitting him. He's like yeah. talking, and then someone's like, oh. <laughs> so true. I remember too, there's one, the, um, <laughs> I always found this weird. And I'm certainly not critiquing Martin's because <laughs> no, go for it. His creative what's, choice. What's your problem? Yeah. You know the, um, <laughs> you know the, you know the, the like, uh, Mickey's like offsider dude, Frank Marino. Yeah. There's like one piece like late in the movie, and he's like he drops into the narration, and you're like, I'm like, oh, come from? I'm like, oh, what's up, dude? It's like, I don't know, it's just one of those funny things. He has, like, one passage. It's like, oh, well, there you are. Um, anyway. yeah, like, like, he recorded probably, like, days and days and days, and they just, probably like, yeah, let's did, just use yeah. this one thing. It all wound up in the cutting room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you um, ever had the privilege of auditioning for a Scorsese film? Nah. I haven't. I haven't had the privilege. I, um, I read with Bob De Niro for something, which was pretty cool. What's that like? I didn't get, uh, which is all good, but that wasn't the point. Um, you know, that was amazing, uh, just as one of those things. But no, I haven't, I haven't, I would love to. I mean, Scorsese says he's one of, you know, undeniably one of my favorite filmmakers. Yeah, what like, is, what's, your, what's your Mount Rushmore of Scorsese beyond Casino? Are there any others that are like the top of the list? 
I mean, they're fucking, they're all good, aren't they? But yeah, that's the thing. It's like he doesn't screw up. Um, he doesn't really screw up. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, it's all in the same world. Like, good, yeah, good. I mean, Goodfellas is like, that was like a close behind. I didn't want to, I sent you a couple of picks and I didn't want to go too like on the nose with the, mm-hmm. with the, with the mob films from the same filmmaker. So I kind of steered yeah. clear of that one and, and let Casino take, uh, take the front seat but i would have liked to have seen a league of their own on that initial list because you know what i would have picked a league of their own i would have picked a league of their own (laughs) yeah you would have gone i don't know it's been a it's been a bloody while it is fascinating like scorsese's career like i was looking at the context of like where he was at when he made this so right before this one the two movies before this were Cape Fear, which is one of my favorites of all time. So um, and Age of Innocence, which is actually also one of my favorite movies of all time, and is like such like a departure for him in some ways. Never seen it. Oh, dude, it's Not it's yet. a Daniel Day Lewis is amazing. Right. And then he did a uh, Kundun after this, which is like his you know spiritual epic about the Dalai Lama. So it's it's just like I love that he bookended Casino with Age of Innocence and Kundun. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's Scorsese. Um, three weeks after three weeks after this movie came out, uh, Robert De Niro also had Heat come out. That's a oh, pretty shit. good, very, that's a pretty good one-two punch. A good mid-nineties one-two punch. Yeah, Heat's you great. You mentioned the uh, profanity. Um, this movie, it's, it's so tight. I mean, because that's got such that. Um, it's got that real like nineties steamy kind of feel and look to it. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, damn. Can you guess how many fucks there are in this movie? I have the number. In Casino, you've got the number? Yeah. Oh, can you give me, like, a north-south, like, like realm that we're in? We're, we're under 1,000, but okay. we're over 100. Oh, cool. Uh, so, um, there is no prize, but go for it. 572. Not bad. Not bad. 422. Right it on. is, according to somebody that did this kind of research, not me, has the sixth most fucks in a movie ever. Okay. Um, it is now just ahead of uh, Uncut Gems from last year, actually. Oh, so good. Even run for its money. <laughs> Damn. What's the, do you know what the top five are? Uh, I can look it up. I know that Wolf of Wall Street is, I think, like the, right in there. the top, if not the Mine's top. probably got a few. Yeah. And Kundun. Yeah. People don't remember Kundun. The Dalai Kundun. Lama was just screaming fuck the whole time. <laughs> yeah, totally. Amazing. Okay, let's give some awards out. Um, best performance in this movie. Who do you give it to? In Casino? Mm-hmm. Best performance? Sharon Stone. Yeah. She's the only one that got nominated for an Oscar for this film. The one the solo. Right. Yeah. Um, she I love her int- did she win? No. She, did, she did not win. I love her introduction in the film. It's actually, the, Scorsese says his favorite shot in the film is that overhead shot of Sharon Stone, like, throwing up all the chips into the air. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, best scene in this film? Is there one in particular that jumps out? Best scene? Um, one in particular. I don't know. There's a couple. I like weird little scenes. I like um, I like that scene... There's a scene where uh, Nikki and Frank are like walking around a parking lot, covering their mouth. Mm-hmm. That I always loved. Um, I love this one. There's this one at the start, actually, that's funny. And I don't know. It's maybe not the most memorable, but it's done so well. It's so subtle. And he, Pesci, like comes over to tell a couple of guys from like another crew 
the like, like he's onto them and they're like trying to rip them off at the casino. And there's this weird like stalemate thing where they're all bullshitting each other. And they're like, we're just waiting for Carmine. And he's like, oh, I saw Carmine, he left. And they're like, Carmine left. He's not here. <laughs> Someone's gone? And he's like, yeah. And Pesci's just like fucking stone face. And they're like, oh. Oh, it's good seeing you. <laughs> they get it's so good. Only he can do that. The, the, yeah. his, his death scene is one of the most brutal, sad like death scenes where he watches his brother killed in front of him first. Oh my god! There's a couple of like look away, like violent yeah. scenes. It's not like full of it, obviously. But right. um, what's that other one where that dude? They put a dude uh, the head in the vice. Head in the vice. Leave it to us to be the two people cackling over the head in the vice scene, yeah. sick fucks that we are. Um, who would you want to play in this movie? Okay, oh, dream, man. dream role. What's the role in this movie you want? I mean, passion. Come on, that's like that's the role. <laughs> that's the role. Should I always like to program a, a double feature for the audience? Is there a second movie that goes along with this movie? Is it, just, is it? I mean, the easy one's Goodfellas, which is fine to say. Is that the, the best double feature? That, like, low-hanging fruit? Can I just go with that? I mean, I'll go with that. That's, that's, kind, of, that's kind of where... I, I mean, I'd watch them back-to-back. It's a long day, but it's a good day. It's a long day, but come on, you know. It's, and then probably you might, you might... I mean, you'd be up around 800 fucks by then, too, <laughs> surely. So. Exactly. Don't, don't do a drinking game with the fucks. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I have a nomination. I don't know if you've seen this one. Have you ever seen Bugsy? The Warren Beatty film, Bugsy. Uh, yeah, but like million years ago. Maybe not as know. like a, not as like a real like legit An adult film. kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a good one. It's directed by Barry Levinson. Um, it's all, weirdly also a story about both like the history of Vegas and also about mm. just like a fucked up relationship. At the heart of it, it's about this you know the the, the love between this guy and this girl. That I should revisit that. It's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah. One that I've always enjoyed. So that's my recommendation. Okay, this is a good pick. This is, I think, our first Scorsese. We had a couple Spielbergs. Our first Scorsese on uh, the Comfort Movie edition of this oh, podcast. Well done, sir. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Stateless. As I said, this is this is a, a great new project for you. Talk to me a little bit about this. Is you um, being loyal to the homeland, to shooting this back home? Was that yeah. was, what was the algorithm of like what made this one exciting for you? Well, the algorithm, uh, I didn't have to think too hard. I mean, Kate Blanchett's involvement, obviously, uh, you know, you're listening immediately when um, that conversation comes up and uh, such an interesting subject matter. I mean, for, you know, I guess no one knows, but uh, except the Aussies who have seen it already. But um, Stateless exists kind of at the intersection of four lives uh, that collide in a... Uh, detention, a refugee uh, asylum seeker detention facility uh, in Australia, in the outback. Um, And it's going back a little bit. It's kind of set in the not-too-distant past um, when we still had onshore facilities, and that's no longer the case. Um, But really, I was just attracted to the sort of power of the stories behind it. I mean, uh, the opportunity to go home and work on something... um, that's Australian is always interesting to me. I love trying to find stuff that's, you know, the move to go and do that. But I think what's interesting about this project is it's not uniquely Australian in that sense. It's, um, you know, it deals with issues that countries all over the world are grappling with. Um, And, uh, yeah, it just kind of, 
you know, it really tries to humanise um, humanise those issues and those discussions and, and kind of pull away from politics and statistics and, uh, and, and really put, you know, human stories behind some of this stuff. And I think that's what I found so powerful about it. You know, you, you kind of end up coming to terms with your own um, position on a few things and, and, you know, forces you to think about things that you perhaps otherwise haven't. And that's, that's sometimes like a pretty tough realisation, you know, when right. you realise how little you know or um, how easily uh, you've been able to kind of gloss over certain stuff or digest things in the media and allow that to sort of form your opinion or, or not or just not give it much attention at all. And I think, um, you know, Stateless really uh, kind of grabs onto it and, and, and pulls um, this issue apart. And, and I think, um, yeah, we'll, we'll shed some light on a, a pretty tough subject matter. Yeah, well, I mean, you're speaking the language I feel like that people are talking about a lot of, about a number of issues now, whether it's immigration or the Black Lives Matter movement, et cetera. It's, I feel like we're all like kind of like we let these things kind of wash over us and, and it's we're now like <laughs> grappling with stuff that, that need to be grappled with. Like it's like pushes come to shove and it's like... It's an exciting time in that sense, you know, um, yeah. and it's forcing people to like work hard and, and, and have tough discussions with family members and friends and shit, but um, it's good. You know, it's good. It's, it's, you know, we've got to move these things in the right direction. And, that, you know, there's always going to be stuff that we, that we deal with that, that you, know, we, yeah, you know, that cause sort of social unrest. But um, this was an issue that I think was interesting. And it's interesting how perhaps, you know, particularly in reference to Australia, like moving these facilities offshore, uh, I think has definitely, like, lent into allowing the public to be sort of blinded by what's really going on because we can't see it anymore. Totally. Um, and stateless kind of tackles that. Obviously it's, it's, you know, um, things kind of blow up in that sense and it becomes a, you know, that is a heavy, compelling drama. Um, yeah. Did, so, did, you, did you know Kate at all before this Kate Blanchett? I didn't, I didn't know Kate. Um, uh, no, not she at seems all. like the most I mean, delightful I, human being. On she's the lovely. She's she's super lovely and obviously incredibly, uh, you know, amazingly talented. She, I think she was the first podcast we did when we started doing it like this, and um, she will forever be in my heart because she, um, the uh, headphones she was using were her kids' gaming headset. Brilliant. So imagine Kate Blanchett just with like an Xbox Brilliant. gaming console. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Sold. Yeah. If I didn't love you before, I love you now. Yeah. Um, Let's talk, let's tease a little bit of uh, The Suicide Squad. We're seeing Captain Boomerang again. Very exciting, yeah. man. Yeah, what do you want to know? I'll tell you everything. Please, act it out for me in the comfort of your home. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like, coming next year, middle of next year. Uh, James Gunn, the brilliant James Gunn. Well, let, let, okay, first let's look back for a second. We've, we've had some frank discussions a little bit about Suicide Squad and how divisive that was. I mean, and, and I'm curious, do you feel like the film that came out was the film you made? Um, was that? Did it reflect the movie that you felt that you guys had shot? I mean, yeah. Look, it's a tough thing to always. I, I, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of talk around that sort of stuff at the moment. I know there's been this kind of big push online around Ju Justice League, and they're you know releasing the Snyder Cut, and right. I've seen some stuff in social channels about you know Aya releasing his thing for this or whatever, and. I don't know. I mean, look, it's hard to weigh in on, dude, because at that, you know, films of this size and magnitude and, and 
uh, importance to studios. Uh, I mean, I'm not involved in those discussions on an executive level when it comes to, you know, so it's hard to tell where things change and shift and move. Um, you know, I, I look, I don't know. And I don't, I haven't had a frank discussion with, with David necessarily about how his response to the film is. I think it's unfair to prov- sort of, I don't know, I, I, do you, how can you pretend it's not the movie you made? You know, we all, we still shot the stuff we shot. Right. Um, you know, did, did it suffer in the edit for something? I don't know. Maybe, maybe people feel that way. Maybe there was stuff that wasn't working all along and it just, I don't know. But I, look, I don't think Squad didn't. It's just that I think some people had higher expectations for it. And I mean, we did really well, uh, you know, from a box office standpoint. Critically, it's been pretty tough, but it's been tough for a few years for DC um, in that sense. Um, I, will, I will say, if two people emerged unscathed, let alone actually with a bounce-off of Suicide Squad, I think it was you and Margot. Like, I think people that gave the movie shit, like, they still loved what you and Margot did in that movie. And that must have been a silver lining, even as kind of like the critics ripped it apart, that you got some nice... Yeah, it's... I mean, look, it sucks to sort of hear a bit of that tough stuff, too, because I think we all... I mean, we all know how much fun we had making it, and I think everyone's heard everyone talk about that so much, and that goes for the second movie, too. I mean, these films are, like... You have an absolute riot um, on them. Uh, and we were all believing in what we did in a major way. So it's just kind of the nature of the beast, I think, sometimes. And I think when you're dealing with f- films that are $200 million plus, um, there probably is a lot of cooks in the kitchen toward the end of things. I don't know. Just I mean, the, unless your name is Christopher Nolan, yeah. Reshoots and shit. And, yeah. You know, uh, David's the only one who can really, like, comment on whether it's the film that he felt like he was making or not. Um and it's kind of not for me to, like, weigh in on that. You know, was I stoked with it? Yeah. I mean, we had a ball. And I was thrilled to go back and do it. It became a bit of a pipe dream for a while. We didn't know if that was going to happen. And, uh, you know, obviously DC were rolling out some pretty big property. Um, and, you know, that was tough because I felt... I was nervous that they, you know, we weren't going to kind of make it through that. Um, but fortunately, that's the case. And it, it took a bit of a different shape and... Uh, you know, there'll probably be some discussion around whether it's a sequel, is it not, is it what? You know, there's some new characters, some old characters. Um, you kind of just pick up and move on in in the end. And and we had a ball on this next one. And, uh, you know, it's got James's kind of unique touch to it. So, I don't know. I feel like people will just love what they see and, and move on and that's all good. Were you running around naked on set again? Did you uh, have as uh, wild? I only times? ever run around naked on set. It's it's how I get around on set. <laughs> it's just look when you got that body, you don't want to hide it. No, no, just put it out there. <laughs> who was the MVP? Who was who was the one that that uh, surprised you the most? I heard John Cena really delivers in this one. Gunsman touting him. Um, oh, God, I don't know. How do you say? It? It's everyone delivers. Uh, I don't know. I had a lot of fun working with some random cats. You know, there's a few cats who I uh, who were really funny. I had a really uh, good time with Pete Davidson. Uh, we got some good business together and stuff, so it was cool. Um, I loved seeing what Joel's doing in this movie as well. Uh, you know, it's a bit of a different kind of vibe. So, yeah. 
it's kind of like the remix. I'm kind of fascinated to see. Like, we remix. The, like the, you know, it's like a lot, 60% of the same cast, but it's like with a little bit of flavor. Remix. There you it's go. Gonna be good. Do they have to? Do they have to get the okay from you to have the kind of like poster cameo in Birds of Prey when we saw um, Captain Boomerang on a poster? I think there was a text message at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Got the green light. Like, yeah, I mean that's thumbs up. Cool. They, I'm, yeah, there was a there was a I'm sure there was a phone call or an email, but that's you know that always is, it's all good. Good stuff. So uh, that's uh, who knows. I mean, hopefully that, that I mean everything's like juggling around release date wise, but hopefully that sticks where it is next year. Uh, yeah, they're saying that's middle of next year. I think one of the weekends in the middle of the year. <laughs> God willing, God willing, the, the society has come back to life. We've escaped our isopods by then. Um, yeah, gosh. who the hell knows? Um, what? So, so right? Are you doing like any kind? Are you trying to do any kind of? acting so to speak uh, where you are like are you doing voiceover work or or or, or read, oh, voiceover. there might be some stuff like that coming up uh i'm looking at a little thing which could be fun but just really like trying to develop some material um got a couple little scripts in the works for some stuff that i've been trying to get made and um there's like a couple of indies that were circling like in the you know, around when the kind of breakdown all happened of it all. So um, I know that there's one with a kind of September tentative start date, but I'm not hanging my hat on any of that at the moment. Yeah. It's just kind of like, you know, we'll see what happens. And, yeah. and the main thing is that the workplace is, you know, safe for everybody. So it's kind of like, look, man, I mean, it's as much as I'm ready to go back to work, um, there's just no point rushing that stuff if we can't. It's It's been a great time. I've been working on music, which has been a lot of fun. Nice. Uh, doing some stuff, which I, you know, probably wouldn't have had the time or the, it's something I've always messed with, but like to pour energy into actually making something and recording stuff and like, you know, putting a little project together with some mates of mine, that's been, it's been a really cool time to divert that creative energy and, and, um, and play in that space. And, uh, yeah, man. But yeah, I'm totally losing my fucking mind right now. And <laughs> Look, I, I will say we've had, again, many different sorts of conversations in, in the last few years. This might be the most professional we've, we've been with each other. Maybe it's because we have some distance because I feel like I'm not squeezing you and like being like totally stupid, like <laughs> in some like weird junket, like suite at a like film festival or something. Yeah, generally I come I come away with a, a really nice hug that leaves my back sore for three weeks. Thanks to you. Normally I'm like banging back Bloody Marys and I've got a <laughs> sitting here with coconut water in my kitchen. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> I'm the one that's drinking now. Um, yeah. No, we kept it classy today. Uh, I'm, I'm glad we got a chance to, to catch up even in these bizarre, stupid Oh, my Josh's. Indeed. Um, and thanks again for the time and for pointing me back to a good comfort movie. By the way, Casino, if you guys could subscribe to Hulu, it's right there for you, free of charge. And speaking of, uh, of streaming services, Stateless on Netflix. Look at that. Look, I'm Coming out July 8th. Get around yeah. it. <laughs> no way. Just in time for uh, July 4th. Celebrate um, our freedom and celebrate <laughs> Australia's uh, <laughs> immigration policy. <laughs> Did I do it? Yeah. Yeah, that was great. That's a good sums things up. I retire. Uh, Uh, Thanks thanks so much, dude. I'll go and uh, watch Bugsy immediately. I'm telling you. Let me know if I disappoint. It's a good one. Get on it. You won't. Never do. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. 
Remember to review, rate and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.